0: Welcome back to the Mackinac, Michigan show brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. And I'm Jairus Coro. And uh, the UAW negotiations, the union negotiations with the big three auto companies is reaching a very contentious stage. I'd say it's one of the most contentious ones that I've seen in recent years. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the the, the head of the UAW ...on social media throw a proposal in a trash can, which is what <laughs> happened uh, when Stellantis sent theirs over to... Well, our UAW guests can Sean correct Finn. that. I, I think maybe the UAW had did that on Twitter back in the 70s. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. John McElroy, who uh, runs AutoLine Detroit and is very attuned, ear to the ground on these things, joins us. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thank you. So where do things stand? It looks like a strike. Is that, is that where you see things headed between the union and the big three?
1: I do. I really do. I mean, I, I've said this before, I think, politically within the union, Sean Fain has to take a strike because if not, he's going to have a faction of the union who are going to tell him, hey, you could have gone and gotten more. You should have taken these guys to the mat. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see a settlement like we saw with uh, the Teamsters and UPS where they did settle without a strike. But my guess right now is we're going to have a strike next month.
2: Yeah, and, and so the, the, he's the the new UAW president. He was kind of an upstart, uh, uh, came from, I guess, the, the left-wing faction of, of the union. Um, what— what is causing this? What is the effect of, um, obviously, the UAW going through these corruption scandals? Um, Michigan has repealed its right-to-work law, which mostly affects the, the UAW. Um, what is that? What effect does that have on the negotiations?
1: You know, I'm not sure that it has a whole lot. I mean, you know, yes, the union was very corrupt. As, as you guys know, the prior two presidents ended up going to federal prison. But there's a new sheriff in town. Sean Fain and his faction are are not of that ilk. They're very, very different. And I don't think the right-to-work laws really had that much impact on the UAW. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure there were a few members who decided, yeah, I'm not going to pay dues anymore, and I'm, I'm going to step out. But what we really saw was that blue-collar unions – have strongly supported their union. It was more the white collar unions where I think we've seen more of the impact of uh, the right to work law.
0: So, so what what do you think happens here if we go to a strike? Uh, uh, no one knows how long that will take because once a strike starts, uh, negotiations heat up a lot more, right? It, it, they try to get this done right. faster. Um, but but do we have any sense from prior years of strikes uh, where negotiations are happening of the sort of the economic impact that the unions sort of... It, it, this to me seems like a lot of chest beating. I mean, the demands made by the union are, are extreme. You're taking the cost to over $100 an hour. How are you going to compete with some of these auto in the South that, that are not unionized right. and have much lower costs. So the demands are extreme. Um, what's the economic impact of this sort of chess beating and demands that the UAW is making?
1: Well, well, so far, like you say, it's just chess beating. There's been no uh, economic impact. Right. You know, we're going to have to see how far Sean Fain is, uh, uh, wants to go with this. Uh, to your point, some of their demands, I do believe, have been extreme. A lot of them I actually agree with. I I think they deserve uh, big raises, maybe not to the extent that Sean Fain's talking about, but double-digit raises. I think there's a formula that could be worked out for more profit sharing. I think there is a way of uh, uh, reducing the number of temporary workers. And, you know, right now it takes eight years to go from going from a temp to a, a full, you know, Fully vested is, is the only term I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. It, it it shouldn't take eight years to, to get to that. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you know, he, he wants full pensions restored. Uh, I don't think the automakers are going to go for that. Mm-hmm. He wants yeah. a 32-hour work week. He mm-hmm. wants COLA. I, I think there is a way of protecting the union uh, from inflation with lump sum payments, but not with going with uh, COLA. And he wants uh, the Jobs Bank back. I, I, I think those are non starters. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is if Sean Fain says, no, 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 I'm dead serious about pensions, 32-hour workweek, uh, then we're going to have a long strike. If that's just posturing and smart negotiating, I mean, sure, you want to start out negotiating, throwing everything on the table and then negotiate down from there rather than throw a few things on the table and, and try to negotiate those. So we're going to learn in the middle of next month, the, you know, September 14th, how far Sean Fain wants to push this. Yeah. If there's a strike that lasts a couple of weeks, that's very manageable for the industry. If it goes on for months, it's not only going to hurt the automakers, it's going to hurt suppliers. And there are tier two and tier three suppliers right now that are already financially distressed. Uh, I, a strike with a you know a stoppage of production could push them over the edge into bankruptcy, and then we got a big mess on our hands for the industry.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think the pension issue. I mean, when the auto uh, makers went through the bankruptcy, I mean, I remember reading a line at the time that that they were they were a pension fund that happened to also make some cars because <laughs> that that was really where the debt was, and they they uh, th- those costs are are. Very hard to track out and measure out over the decades with the ups and downs of the industry. Um, on uh, your your last point was a good one, which which for for me, the chance of this going to months is close is essentially zero. And but I just see it more because I think the Biden administration will do everything in its power for that not to happen. Um, do you have any insight on that? What the, what the political pressure? Uh, from the governors in the Midwest, um, especially Democratic governors, and the Biden administration would be to prevent a strike like that. We did see the Biden administration get involved in some other strikes. Um, Is this something that you think they would try to get involved in?
1: Well, look, Sean Fain's played his hand very, very well. You know, he's withheld his automatic endorsement of Biden running for president. Mm. He's had a meeting with the president, unscheduled, by the way. You know, he was in the White House, and when... uh, the president heard that Sean Fain was in the building. He went and met with him. He got, Sean Fain did, 26 Democrat senators to, to send a letter to uh, the Detroit Three saying, hey, look, we want a, a fair and equitable uh, agreement here. So, so far, Sean Fain's played his cards really well. Now, to your point, if a strike and, and it goes on for months and we start bleeding into uh the, the primary season right. or even you know on, on the fringes, uh, the early fringes of the uh, primary season, you bet the president is going to want to have a, a heart-to-heart talk with Sean Fein to try to bring that to an end because it would hurt the president's reelection possibilities.
0: It was interesting to see the president uh, sort of stick his neck out in the middle of it and issue a statement uh, early on, I felt like, in, in the conversation um, where Joe Biden put out a statement on that when things were heated but hadn't really gone anywhere yet.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, look, you know, uh, the Democrats and the unions are are historically, you know, joined at the hip. And this has been a president who has been extremely pro-union. Um, and uh, he needs to retain union support uh, as part of his base. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he's got to make sure that it doesn't hurt his re-election possibilities.
2: Right.
0: John McElroy with Autoline Detroit. We've got to leave it there. Thanks for joining us. And that's all the time we have for this show. You can check out this show and all our others by heading to Frank Beckman Center for Journalism.com or thegreatvoice.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Mackinac Michigan show here on WJR.
2: Opinions heard in the
1: preceding program are those of the host and guests and not necessarily those of Cumulus Media or
2: WJR Radio.